Good morning. On this Wednesday, August 30th, as we race to the end of August and get into the well Labor Day weekend and then officially sort of fall, officially sort of fall. All right, what do we got going on here today? You know what? I'm going to give you a free pick. Let's talk about this uh, whitewashing or BS move or whatever we want to talk about with uh, NFL football, Dallas Cowboys trading for Trey Lance. Wow. Okay. It's not really a wow. There's really no wow about it. So there's the cliffhanger, the punchline. But let me explain why. First of all, the media likes to make news about anything they can regarding the NFL. Second of all, they love to make news regarding anything they can about the Dallas Cowboys. And then you make it a quarterback, that becomes the news. Now, what is this all about? Is, is Dak Prescott being replaced? What's going on? All right, well, first of all, Trey Lance was third string now in San Francisco. And that's about where he belongs. Now, I can't recall if this was on the podcast or in some other post I'd made or just everyone I told. I think it was the podcast. I'm pretty sure I was doing the podcast at the time. We're well over 700 episodes, well into a couple years. So Trey Lance should not have been a number three overall pick. As a matter of fact, I remember betting that he would not be a top five pick. I lost that bet because he was number three. I think I was right. Now, I'm not sitting in there in the scouting rooms in the NFL department. I've never been employed by an NFL scouting department. But I do have common sense, as many of you do, most of you, all of you, I think. Um, I have eyes. So here's a guy who had really one season, we'll call it, one season plus at a subdivision school up there in North Dakota. We've already seen what can happen with North Dakota uh, underclass uh, quarterbacks. Visit the Eagles. You know who I'm talking about. All right. So anyway, <clears throat> yeah, he just bounced around, injury prone, turnover prone, etc. So there's a reason why they were hyped about him, meaning NFL and specifically the 49ers. And there's a reason why they shouldn't have picked him. All right, let's let's try, let me try to make this somewhat concise. So the NFL is always looking for quarterbacks. They're always looking for deals. They're always looking for to make that splash. You have to find a quarterback to lead your franchise. Now the 49ers, they had the 12th overall pick, and they traded up to the third overall spot. So they traded their three first-round picks, meaning that number 12, and two more first-round picks and a third-round pick to jump up to number three to take Trey Lance. Yeah, that, that's, that's three wasted first-round picks, and yet here they are as a strong program. Pretty big mistake by the strong program, but they do happen. Now, where, should, you, should he have been picked? Quite frankly, if they're all using their head, he should have been an undrafted free agent. Late-round pick, mid-round pick, maybe. And that's where he is now. Dallas traded a fourth-round pick for Trey Lance and some of that bonus money etc up front is stuck dead money with San Francisco so Dallas on the hook for what 900,000 or something this year and I think it's about 5 million next year and then they'll have to decide about uh, 
fifth-year option as a first-round pick, and which would be fairly expensive. But by then, they're hoping to have something. So what are they looking for? Okay, are they, what, are they, what does Dallas do? First of all, they were going to draft the quarterback in mid-rounds this year. It just didn't work out for value-wise. But this is something that McCarthy's done his entire career. He's developed quarterbacks behind, say, Rodgers. Obviously, Rodgers is the first development behind Favre, but that wasn't necessarily a McCarthy development. It just so happened that he was the coach at that time. But he had developed quarterbacks, and then they've been able to trade him off for good draft picks later. So this is a situation where Dallas, first of all, let's get back to, we need to develop quarterbacks, right? The NFL does. So you've got Dak Prescott, you've got Cooper Rush, who was a good bus driver. He's not going to be the face of your franchise. He's someone, again, that you hope that can keep the bus on the road when the inevitable injuries happen, which happened for five games last year. We went four and one. All right, so you need somebody that's got more potential upside, and that would be the physical characteristics of Trey Lance. Now, of course, Dallas likes splashes, so this is a, this fits Dallas's marketing division, if you will, the marketing company that plays football. So this fits it well. They were going to spend a fourth-round pick. They got a flashy guy. Jerry Jones loves value. It's, he's, that's deep in his ingrained in his wildcatting for oil philosophy is finding a deal. Well, he got a deal, if you think about that, he got a third overall pick for a fourth rounder. But we still have to consider the fact that he shouldn't have been a first rounder in the first place. And questionable fourth rounder, maybe as high as four. I just, I mean, yeah, he had some good numbers. But you're playing against basket weeding state. And that's just not something that you should be looking for. Yeah, you can look at the measurable speed, arm strength, et cetera. And they're measuring hand size and arm span, all this. I get it. It's a science. And they saw something. And obviously, San Francisco saw something. And Dallas wasn't the only team that was wagering on trading. However, they were the only team willing to spend a fourth-round pick. I believe they outbid two teams in the sixth round. And they had to go to the fourth round to get San Francisco to send them to the NFC rather than those two AFC teams. So they had to spend a fourth round pick for that. Now, in reality, that's not a big deal. They'll have compensatory, compensatory picks anyway for that. So not a big deal. But uh, they overpaid for a guy probably. And then they have to pay a $5 million salary next year. Now, why do they do that? Okay, here's where the, the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Again, we talked about creating value. If they can create a quarterback out of them and Dak Prescott is signed for the future, then maybe you can get a second round or even a first round. I don't know. Dak Prescott would have to undergo a serious injury and then Cooper Rush be ineffective for Trey Lance to see the field by the time next year rolls around. So these are all a big bunch of ifs. But here's where it really comes into play. Bargaining power in contracts. Dak Prescott basically held... Jerry Jones nuts to the fire a couple years ago and got himself overpaid. Dak Prescott's a great leader of men, of football players. He's not a great quarterback. He doesn't have accuracy. He's got very, very poor accuracy, extremely poor accuracy. He's got a good, good arm. He's got good legs, but he doesn't use it much because now he's gun-shy of injuries, that he, the severe one he had recently. So he is a fairly top-ranked quarterback because he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. 
And again, that's the marketing side of it and the fact that they have a pretty good team built up. So he can bus drive that himself. Now, he has had flashes where he's shown some greatness. But again, I think system has a lot to do with that because we've seen some quarterbacks that threw for Kellen Moore that really lit up the, lit the thing up. So let's not get too carried away with this about how great Dak Prescott is. So it's not necessarily inconceivable for someone, a bus driver in, in uh, Cooper Rush, won four out of five games. It's not inconceivable for a physically talented quarterback to come in and do something for Dallas. But let's get back to what I'm talking about. Dak Prescott held Jerry Jones under the gun, under the knife, balls of the fire for an overpayment contract. And he's going to do it again. He's doing it again. Now, you can't really blame a guy for trying to get maximum money. He's got an agent working on it. But you can argue that his quarterbacks argue for, I want maximum money. But if they want to win, they realize that to renegotiate. So let's go to Aaron Rodgers. He demands... God, it was $60 million a year or something like that from the Packers. He gets it, and then they let him go, trade him, get rid of him. And he goes to the Jets, and lo and behold, he's renegotiating his contract so the Jets can retain talent and bring talent in because he wants to win. So it's just such an ego trip where they want to get the biggest contracts because they do it, and then they realize, well, there's not going to be any team left since they're taking up 40% of the freaking salary cap. So here comes the renegotiation so their team can actually play football. So not a big fan of this quarterback taking all the salary cap situation, and it is what it is, but it's not great. So here Jerry Jones just bought himself leverage. Dak, Dak do you want to play for the Cowboys? Because, number one, you're getting overpaid. Number two, you're going to get better marketing deals playing for the Cowboys because it's the Cowboys. And number three, which only a few other teams can advertise, is no state tax. So if you're getting a, if you're 40, 50 million year guy and you have no state tax, that's a lot of money. So that's an advantage as well that only a few other franchises have. It's growing. There's a few more states adding the no tax thing, but. It's not, certainly it's the vast majority, a minority that has that. So better contract situation in Texas, better marketing deals in Texas, a team that you already know and are familiar with, coaching staff you're familiar with, get the deal done. This gives incentive for Dak to get the deal done. Once that deal's done, then Trey Lance becomes expendable for the price of a fourth-round pick. you got your quarterback, Prescott, at a reduced rate based on, again, what are you going to do? If you're the only game in town, if the choice is Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush, or maybe there's some cast-off sitting out there, you know, in the style of, uh, let's not even get into all the names. <laughs> you know, there's quarterbacks that are, I will call, failed superstars or almost superstars or overpaid this or that where you could overpay a quarterback and not overpay him as bad as what they're overpaying Dak Prescott and do just fine. So that is an option, but that's going to seem like a failure for the Cowboys to 
get what's allegedly not a, fan, a face of a franchise because they weren't willing to pay Prescott. So we come right back to it. You have to get Prescott under contract or you have to get lucky and somehow lightning strikes and say, oh, my God, this third-string quarterback, Trey Lance, he's our guy. Here's our We're going to trade Prescott for whatever we can get for him. It's not going to happen. So basically it's a contract ploy. And I don't mean it as only a ploy. I think they're smart enough to understand that it helps them, but they do realize they need to develop a quarterback room. They need to have quarterback options if there's injuries. They need to develop them for assets down the road. This, I think, is all recognized. And then unspoken with the fact that it helps negotiate with your quarterback so that he doesn't think he can do whatever the frick he wants. So that's what we have. I, I just did it off the cuff. I'm tired of the overpaid quarterback situation. Again, I also get maybe tired, as you maybe do, of $20 million offensive guards. Yeah, there are differences in abilities, but that seems to be a little crazy. Every position on the field is needed. There shouldn't be any argument that the quarterback's the most important position on the field, but we have to get reasonable with these contracts. We can't we can't keep doing what we're doing here. I think the most underpaid position would be running back. It's just how the league is working. It's almost like a conspiracy. They realize that their shelf life is minimal. So why overpay a, a running back for a second contract when they're going to be basically falling off the cliff performance-wise? Uh, quarterbacks can last longer because the league protects them. So they can be you can afford to pay them more. But arguably, the running back as just shy of the value that the quarterback does if they're a real game-changing, control-the-clock kind of guy. That's, that's undervalued. You can't argue with me, anyway, that, that an offensive guard is worth $20 million and the court and the running back's worth only five or less because a, a good running back is – well, look at Barry Sanders. There, there's a perfect example. Well, he's a great running back with a crappy offensive line, and uh, he made the difference. You know, If you had five great and overpaid offensive linemen in front of Barry Sanders, he would have been done even better, but there wouldn't have been such a difference that um, it, would, it would make worth it putting you know, 80 to $100 million in the line in front of him. It'd be better off paying Barry Sanders. But then we all know that once the injury happens, then you're stuck. Anyway, so that's that. Let's go with the pick today. Obviously, this, this podcast may have some listeners a year from now. This pick won't have any value. But the Tampa Bay Rays at the Miami Marlins at 6.40 Eastern time on Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. Going with Tampa Bay, minus 115. Uh, you've got Luzardo at home, lefty. But he's been getting lit up lately. He has good stuff. He's got good velocity, good stuff. But he's been getting lit lately, and that's been his M.O. for his entire career. As he goes in streaks where he's nearly unhittable, then he goes in streaks where he's batting practice. And he's in batting practice mode right now. Miami's also out of the playoff picture. They're 66-66, and 66, and certainly they want to win a 500 record, 81-81 and 81 or better. And they are at home where they're 38-30. and 30. You get Tampa Bay 36-29 and 29 on the road. But Eflin's in much better form. Tampa Bay's a much better team. Tampa Bay's got something to play for. They're in the division race with Baltimore. And as I said, Miami, they, realistically, they have no shot. There's 30 games left in the season for them, and they're 
50-50 team. You're not going to make the playoffs, barring a miracle. So we're going a very short favorite, Tampa Bay. That is it. Best of luck.